everyone. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, a person with a podcast. And <laughs> I used to feel the need to overly intro myself in case it was your first time here. But the thing with podcasts that I realized is that nothing I can say or do is going to make you say, huh, that girl should have a podcast. Because no matter what, you're going to be like, anybody who has a podcast that's not already famous is random and is like gratuitously hearing themselves talk. I'm no different. Uh, but the thing is, I love to lurk and I stay up into the depths of the night and I don't skim well. So what happens is I, I end up deep diving into utter nonsense that none of my friends or family care about. God, no. And uh, I needed an outlet. So here we are. I'm at an interesting um, point in my career right now where I'm doing a lot more freelance work, a lot more writing, trying to shop a lot more like writing based projects and having to do, plant a lot of seeds in gardens I may never see grow. But it doesn't mean you can't plant them anyway, because the one big win I've had in the past couple of years is a poem I decided to write about social media on a random day. And if you think that that seemed like a productive use of time in real time, you're you're very wrong. Um, <laughs> that, that was probably one of the most self-loathing days I've ever had because I had other things to do. But I'm like, why did I drop everything to write this poem? Anyways, um, it's it's just it's an interesting time. There was big changes at Etsy where the book of my map business was from. We had shipping nightmares aplenty. Fortunately, I was able to put it on hold because I had been working on other projects. And strangely, throughout all of this and having more time to dedicate to this podcast, it's become somewhat of a part-time job. And I'm really grateful for you guys for coming here. It's really exciting to have this be part of my actual work and not just a hobby, which is what it largely was for about a year and a half. And, you know, I'm... I hope I'm able to provide you some sort of value in some way, shape, or form. We don't talk about anything in, uh, overly deep in nature here, but I like to go in depth despite the surface level um, topics that we get into. And this week, I want to get into three of my favorite things that happened on the internet this week. Um, one is the feud uh, that is now being dubbed Wagatha Christie about Colleen Rooney's savage uh, call out of. A former uh, teammate's wife leaking information to the press, and apparently these people are like huge socialites, big, big deals in um, the UK, and it's just a juicy story. I want to talk about this bizarre viral Facebook story <laughs> that I've kind of gotten roped into and am wildly confused by, and if you ever even try to get yourself involved at this point, you'd have to scroll up so far that your phone would most certainly freeze, Facebook will cancel out, and you'd be cursing the day they decided to not adopt Reddit's algorithm of comment sorting, um, having to do with a guy named Clayton, and also, of course, what we saw last night. I love to talk about, you know, what goes on in the blogosphere because I don't think really news outlets cover it, but it doesn't mean we're any less interested. And I never want to target anybody, but I think there's certainly uh, huge bloggers that are celebrity status that, that whose lives are so public. It's like, well, God, we're, we're in, we're engaged, we're here, and it's impossible to not talk about it sometimes. But I never want to breach into being mean-spirited. I want to keep it light, keep it breezy. And, um, you know, I think sometimes people are like think I don't go in hard enough or or shouldn't talk about it at all. And it's hard to it's hard to strike a balance. But I just like want to talk to you guys like friends and, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. It's my interpretation. And honestly, the reason I'm recording right now, it's my voice is like low and dulcet because it's like very late. And, you know, you just can't always control when when the, the, the hottest news is about to break. And given the flexibility of my work schedule, I try to do things 
quickly and synthesize them for you because you got you all have have, have lives and kids and structure and the things that I'm able to to work around and that's kind of one one area of value I hope I can bring as to simplify things that are just like how how on earth do I get caught up on this and um, you know I'm really glad you're here because when I said you know it's Wednesday night at midnight. I know what you're thinking. Like, Kate, what are you, what are you doing? It's Wednesday. It's, it's, it's America's most raucous night out. It, it, you should be out living your life, getting down on the dance floor, drinking your face off, because that's what people do on Wednesdays. And I know. And, you know, now I learned two things yesterday. A, that we're saying the term today years old all the time now, which I don't love, but okie doke. And two, that I was today years old when I realized that Wednesday is the prime night to, to party like it's 1999. And I say 1999 not because of the Prince song or to use a figure of speech. I say it because in 1999 I was quite literally 12. And um, I, too, took party buses to bowling alleys, to laser tag, to, 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 to Lord knows where. And, you know, it, it played touch and go with the sluttiness level of grinding to my favorite early aughts music. It's funny, all day today... I was recording different things. I have like half of my lover review done. I recorded some other stuff and I just was like not feeling it. And sometimes I just take a step back and like wait till the thing I want to talk about comes to me as dumb as that sounds. Um, And bestowed upon me around 9, 10 p.m. was a true gift and something that I know you all care deeply about because it's it's the royal wedding week. It's Meg's Cal's wedding week. They are so much more famous now than they were when the other girls got married. You know, I love this family. I think they're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Kardashians. I think that they are funny and maybe do or don't know it. I think they're cute. And I think that they honestly mean well. And um, I've been excited to watch these festivities for a long time. I'm I'm not making fun of anybody's uh, customs, traditions, how anybody wants to party. It's more so a function of, you know, my DMs just blew up with people being like, how are you doing this without wine? Where's the booze? Oh my gosh, is that just water? Are they only drinking Diet Coke? I would need to have 12 beers before this. Like, And I, I've, me included, we're all just these people that literally are so like, we, we cannot fathom having that much fun without alcohol. And we can't imagine, I guess, grinding without, you know, knocking a few back first. And I can't, not only have I never not drank on a party bus, I've never stepped foot on a party bus without amply drinking beforehand. Uh, honestly, this is this has been so hard for me to watch. Like, bachelorette parties make me so uncomfortable that I'm watching one through my phone of people I don't know, and I had to pour a glass of wine, and I have a head cold. I mean, I, it's truly a feat of, of humanity to be so wholesome and have so much fun and to just dance the night away like a virgin. And you know me, I have trouble, like, being just like skimming and taking things for what it is. And then I'll start to spiral into like philosophical questions. And meanwhile, we're just like watching this beautiful young girl with her whole life ahead of her and all in, in a 90 minute period live over Instagram, you know, so 20 some years of, of wild oats left unsown and all the while doing so in Party Bus Utah's premier fleet of special occasion transportation options. And I'm just like, is this enough? Are you getting it out of your system? Like, I, I, I worry, but I know it doesn't matter. I'm, I, I know that they don't need our opinions, but it doesn't mean that we can't give them because we're fascinated. 
And I know on the in the Mormon Mommies Bloggers podcast, um, we talked at length about, you know, I people love to snark on this. And I'm not saying like I it, it objectively for somebody that is not in the church is confusing. Uh, the timelines are so fast. Um, as we know, she was engaged to another person this spring. They were supposed to get married in August, broke it off in May, started talking to the new guy June 1st, announced they were engaged about eight weeks later, getting married now. And um, the new fiance was engaged in the spring too. It's, I think that we both sides have to acknowledge that just as people in the church don't think it's weird outside of the church, we have every right to, you know, suggest that it's a little bit soon because the, the disconnect there is when you are, when you're not marrying somebody with a guaranteed set of underlying values that a denominator of a common, very narrow sector of the church can it is a lot riskier and you do have to be mindful of that. And I always am like, I hope young girls don't see swept off their feet butterflies narratives for situations that just don't apply to them because most people are very complicated and you have to endure a variety of life experience before you get anywhere close to determining not only if somebody is somebody you love, but a life partner, which are two very different things. And I know I get, you know, shit for talking about this and I never wanted to come across as like insensitivity to components of somebody's faith. But I do think we're in an interesting position where these the people that that um, follow pretty strict rules as a result of their faith um, are influencers and that their lifestyle is essentially advertised to a very, very large group of young women. And that at times it is important to separate the values that are maybe only convenient for their specific context. And I think that's it's fair to acknowledge that there are some fundamental differences and neither of us are right or wrong, but just as we may not really understand the expediting of an engagement, they need to acknowledge why we would also think that it's a little bit soon in terms of the barometer of how a lot is, you know, of, of other dating timelines tend to tend to look in the United States. And I didn't want to speak out of turn. I did take data. I took a poll on my Facebook group. That's all on episode two of Mormon Mommy Bluggers Deep Dive. I really am never trying to just be outright unfair. But part of what I want to be able to do on this podcast is to talk about the people who have major influence over our zeitgeist and over my target demographic and think about the implications of the messaging for for better or for worse. T I L L death to us part. Haley and Justin Bieber style. Actually, that that spelling was not incorrect. We'll we'll talk about that wedding later. Yeah, that's where I get concerned, and this is what I'm always wrestling with. And it's like I don't I have no interest in like seeming like a troll or targeting people. And it's not really like about that. It's them. It's just like there's so many of them. It's very very public, and we see so much of it. And we want people to be happy, and we want it to work out. And I think I'm just always wrestling between like, what is, you know, what is just sweet and wholesome and let it be? And what is just concerningly naive? At times I feel there's a fine line between what should be praised as being wholesome and what should be watched out for as being a bit naive. And sometimes I think there's a line that's towed in this um, hyper-religious, you know, save yourself for one man, their concept of what sexy is, of, you know, I I just, anyways, whatever. I'm not here, I'm here to more so poke fun at my lack of ability to ever do this sober on a Wednesday. But, But basically, when I couldn't figure out what to talk about, I saw this footage. It was so, it was, 
the, what we had all been waiting for to see what the festivities of the wedding weekend would be like, especially after her, you know, bridal shower was the nicest wedding I'd ever seen. It wasn't even a wedding. There was a full like tented overhang of just fairy lights. I mean, all of the foliage, autumnal porn offenders of the world, like KJP could never. It was it was fairy lights and fairy lights and fairy lights. You can't Photoshop that shiz. That was expensive. It was gorgeous. There were butterflies all over, which is their relationship symbol. Honest to God, it was stunning. Um, can't even imagine how beautiful the wedding will be. Bachelor party, however, very surprised. As people on the Facebook group said, they, the, the biggest the biggest thing is they're, they're not doing anything out of ordinary in general. But it's so off-brand for them to be sharing this footage that it was so fun to see a different side of the Scala sisters. They were like laughing and having fun and dancing and letting loose. And I'm here for it. I really enjoyed it. Can I get over that the wildest beverage I saw was like a hydro flask in the corner? No, I mean, good for them. I, the, the theme was to dress slutty. I mean, how great is that? I, I mean, the whole, I mean, I guess I should just start from the top. So the wedding is Saturday. The reason I'm not providing a ton of background, because if you're lost on who this is, like, there's no way I could possibly catch you up in this small period of time. And I'm just assuming you've listened to the podcast before. And if you haven't, I'm sorry. Love you. Skip ahead. Um, so the wedding's on Saturday. We're having a bachelorette party on Wednesday. And, um, you know, for this, we've rented a party bus. Standard. So the party bus, you know, typically um, people used a party. You know, the, the whole point is, is lights, is poles, is, you know, joke lap dances, is open containers. But, you know, what I've learned now is it can also just as easily be used as essentially an Uber to go to your favorite sushi joint. So this party bus is a little more bus than party. It's got everything. We've got feather boas. We have um, water bottles. We have Diet Coke. We have opaque leggings. We have turtlenecks. We have virgins. We have sashes. We, we've got a driver named Greg who, 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 to be a fly on the wall. We've got synchronized dance routines. We've got a, an entire bus full of social media stars. We have a sister who <laughs> took the dress code too seriously, and God love her. We, we, we have ass smacking. We have a, a mom who's outraged and shocked. I mean... This this party has it all. Okay, so to back up again, so like, you know, your friend sends you, sends a mass email to like 30 of a bride's nearest and dearest and is like, hey, ladies, planning an epic bachelorette. Can you shoot me back which Wednesdays you're available um, from 3 to 6 p.m.? It has to be daylight. And if daylight savings time is in the mix, you might adjust that from 2 to 5. Perhaps if you're feeling wild from 5 to 7. And, uh, you know, then you're going to party like it's T minus two days to, to until the one of the more disappointing sexual experiences of your life. <laughs> it's, you know, okay, there, there's so much here. So one thing is that was so funny is that so Rachel is getting ready for it. And she's like, I was told to dress slutty, but I'm wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> so again, I don't know if she knows she's funny. Like it was funny. And so she's wearing a, a black turtleneck and black opaque tights and high boots underneath a um, like eyelet uh, summer dress, which I actually I think she looks cute. And she gets to her sister's house and her sister is wearing tall boots, a dress and a big like faux fur, but has like about, you know, seven inches of the upper knee area showing. And is like Rachel was supposed to dress slutty. 
but she's wearing tights. What do I do? So then the bus has to wait for the sister, Emily, to put on tights because she doesn't want to be the only one dressed slutty. And again, by slutty, it's, 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 it's an area of leg that's so uninteresting. I honestly don't bother to shave it half the time. Kind of not a big deal. But also she said that um, since the instructions were to dress slutty, she just got called a prude. And I'm like, yes, I'm loving it. It's a little more relatable, a little edgier. And not that it's the word prude or slutty is edgy, but I don't know. I don't really hear it every day out of their mouths. So then we get to the party bus and, um, you know, we've got the, 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 the gangs all here. We have feather boas. We have neon lighting. We have uh, one sister wearing Louboutin booties, dropping it like it's hot, like a pussycat doll. We have Hydro flasks. We have water bottles. And a, not an ounce of alcohol in sight. A gorgeous girl in leopard. We we, we have all the makings of uh, of a party bus, but um, besides the partying. So what we have is a bus. And on this bus, they're going to go to sushi, which I, I don't know how far the sushi place is, but hands down the best part is that Rachel gets on the bus and says to her younger sister, who's wearing like a slinky kind of like silk dress that's still very tasteful, um, says something like, Amy, you really took the instructions to heart in terms of dressing slutty. Like she looks slutty and I was just dying. I was like, that's a hilarious older sister thing to say. And I don't know, like that was a little bit funny to call her out. And she is dressed a lot less conservatively than the other girls. It starts out, you know, we're, we're listening to Fofty, we're listening to, to to Buttons. The bride is getting down. She's a great dancer. She must be a dancer. Um, she's really working the boa. Everyone's working their boa. They're really taking advantage of, um, you know, being in a line and kind of almost choreographing scenes with their legs th- that I can only liken to a Nair Who Wears Short Shorts commercial. And um, ending with the bride literally sticking her leg so high her knee is like touching her nose in a gesture that like i don't know if this was intentional i don't know if it was just like the party bus perhaps one of the best characters in all of this having fun with us and conveniently rotating the disco ball or whatever you call it to the second one she puts her like leg over her head like dead center between her legs like it shines this light it's like so strange and you know, I was young once. I, I, I have never been above leveraging social media in, in hopes to make somebody jealous, perhaps. What's so interesting here is she's so flexible and dancery and knows her soon-to-be husband is likely watching. It all feels like a very, um, it feels like a, a social media seduction for her soon-to-be husband done by a virgin while all of her sisters and friends are watching but again no alcohol and it's very interesting i I was very impressed she has moved she she can get down and she's beautiful and at this point i'm kind of like okay this is interesting i feel like they're in on the joke and the theme of the bachelorette party is slutty because that's what they see everyone else doing that they've never done so are they trying sincerely to have a bachelorette party or are they making a mockery slash caricature of what they see other people doing at bachelorette parties does that make sense or are we laughing at this or with this sometimes i'm skewing with this because i think that like just the fact that the theme was dressed slutty like i just thought that was very very funny everybody's just bumping and grinding in the party bus i mean the bus and 
At one point, someone's getting spanked. It's Britney bitches playing. There, everybody is just dancing, going wild, stretching. I'm not even sure what's happening. It's so much fun to watch. And here's the thing. I think part of the fascination is there, there's such a narrow window of possible scenarios in which I can let loose and have enough fun to be like, you know, dropping down and getting my eagle on, bent over, smack that. And that window is 2004 to 2006, usually. Can can I get down these days? Sometimes, but my move is more so just like drink as much as possible, sit in plush seating, sit in a corner so people approach me, have meaningful conversations that I feel a little bit weird about after the fact and wonder if I said too much or asked too much, grovel in that conversation, drink a little bit more. Sometimes I'll like the beat, I'll get my shoulders moving, I'll tap my toes, and then it usually goes zero to 60 at the end of the night and we'll f- full-on karaoke Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart, and the next morning I feel very weird about it. That's like kind of my go-to. I get nervous in these situations. I'm not comfortable enough to like dance and go wild in person. And typically on party buses, if you're the one sitting down, you're you're in a b- very precarious situation. It's it's not for for the weak at all times. Given the inevitable abrupt breaking of the poor drivers of these party vans, you're 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 one stoplight away from you know ass to face at all times. And if you're sitting down. You just have to deal with the fact that half the people are standing up and you're constantly at eye level with what Liz Lemon calls our people's bathing suit parts. And it kind of is what it is. It's just, I guess, you know, I'm 32. I just turned 32 and I was just at a bachelorette party. And don't get me wrong. We were pulled around Nashville on a flatbed that was pulled by a tractor going three miles per hour that I'm sure every local just absolutely adores. We had no control over the music. And at times the songs that were playing, I was like hopping. I was like ducking because I was like, I don't want to. I like they were playing Chris Brown. I'm like, I'm not going to be seen in public listening to Chris Brown. Like, I don't support the shiz. But then you don't want to be the person that's like on their, you know, social justice high horse. <laughs> as, if, as if somebody on a social justice high horse could legitimately be like double fisting white claws and wearing a screen printed T-shirt with 20 other women on an open flatbed truck in downtown Nashville pouting in a corner about how they won't change the song away from Chris Brown. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call activism. Uh, but I had a great time. That's the thing is like, I'm almost so getting to the age where it's nostalgic to have kind of cheesier skewing things of fun in groups. And I'm a lot less embarrassed. Like when I was 27, I was like super embarrassed about celebrities, But now I'm like, just kind of embracing them. I don't get out as much. These days are numbered. We get to spend with each other. I had so much fun. But anyway, we, we we got on the tractor at a liquor store to load up. And we already had so much booze at the house. But for this tractor ride, where people go in and come back out, we end up with, ca- there's 20 of us, cases of Corona. I mean, no, no nothing short of 72 White Claws and Trulies. About uh, 24 cans of rosé wine. There. There's enough booze for a small to mid-sized destination wedding that had a higher RSVP return rate than you anticipated. And it was two hours long. (laughs) But like, literally, everyone was excited to spend time together. But it's like, oh, open air dancing, bus dancing, hanging from a bus pole and kind of like getting your groove on, listening to, you know, aughts, rap, hip hop, R&B. Yep, yep. Going to need 12 to 16 drinks. And that's just kind of, I think, the MO of a lot of people. And um, comparatively, this is just so, it's just, 
incredibly wholesome, albeit the dancing not being wholesome whatsoever. But I think a lot of them are dancers, so they've probably been dancing more hip-hop style for a while. Some of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders are from the church, uh, like every Dancing with the Stars contestant or professional dancer. And that just yields this body confidence that, for you know, for not having had sex yet, to be, like, sexy is pretty impressive because I don't think I would have been able to pull that off whatsoever. When I was, like, 21, 22, the only dance move I knew was like crank that soldier boy and I don't think my future mister would have been really turned on by me being like you it's like shooting my limbs to the left as if uh, I was the first person to think of it um and like I hope you take this all in good fun like I'm really not trying to be insulting I just think like all of us are like wow this is happening like this is exciting we're they're we're seeing them do normal bachelorette stuff but what again we were like oh they're completely stone cold sober um the other amazing part is that Emily posts a text screenshot from her mom. <laughs> and her mom proceeds to say that she is um, shocked and horrified for exclamation points. Oh, no, it's not a text. It's a DM. She's replying to the story saying, I'm shocked and horrified. And that is just like the best thing I've seen. That's my favorite part in addition to shading Amy's close choice of clothes i mean if this is off brand for us as like strangers and viewers i'd imagine for the mom it's tough stuff <laughs> this is when you block your parents then you know we're, we're bumping we're grinding we're drinking waters we're shaking boas we're lifting our legs if we're not in opaque tights we're being very mindful of covering it we're on our way to sushi eventually night sl- starts to slowly fall and we get off the bus and the driver, Greg, is kind enough to help people off the bus. There's, you know, uh, what seems to be a choreographed, semi-rehearsed routine to get off the regular bus. Um, and the the kind driver, Greg, is helping them off the bus. Now, you know, every, you know, everyone gets off the bus. They gracefully do a little dance, a little look. Everyone looks so cute. There's one girl, I'm not sure who she is. She's She looks great, too. But she is all of us because she rolls her ankles. <laughs> And bless her heart, that is just something I, I don't wear heels a lot. So every time I wear a heel, I am undoubtedly going to roll an ankle. You know, what I think happened is that Greg offered out his hand. She didn't take it. And he somehow bestowed upon her that ankle roll because he was like, oh, you're not going to take my help. If you guys scream at me one more time to to turn up Britney Spears' give me more, I will turn over your ankle. And I swear to God, he Matilda style manifested that with telekinesis. I really couldn't tell if Greg was having the time of his life or he was extremely annoyed. I I don't know. The whole montage was to give me more. Greg was like, give me less. I'm like, uh, give me more and more. Give me Mormon. (laughs) I I want all the footage. But yeah, this was very sponsored by his party bus company or whatever company he drives for. It was great, great marketing material for them, to be honest. So I'm hope hopefully he was a happy camper. You know, they go dark, they go to sushi. Uh, as I'm talking live, they recently were on their way back. And not, the only footage I've seen since then is them um, dancing to Like a Virgin. And, you know, when I say that this song's a lot more fun when it's not directed to or about a virgin, I, I just, it, there was... That this is where this is where things get complicated for me, and this is where all of my issues rise up, and this is what none of you guys want to hear about. I think you all know I I, I struggle with um, uh, virginal, meek, kept waiting for one and only man portrayals of women like she doesn't have control agency over her 
own body and, you know, that everybody around her is just like thinking about now they're going to do it like really soon. And it's kind of, I don't know. It's like, like her, like this gift to her husband. And like, it's, it's very patriarchal. It's very, it's, I don't know. It creeps me out a bit. It creeps me out a bit. And, um, but that's, that's, that's my issue. There's nothing wrong with waiting for marriage. What, 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 what is weird to me is the spectacle of it. It's very like, Ooh, a virgin must light the black flame candle. I'm like, do we got We have to specify that it's a a virgin. Do we got to call this out? But it's like sexily dancing to like, like a virgin, like I'm going to bang soon. Oh, they also listen to bang, bang. Um, is it's it's different and you know not that they shouldn't have fun with it and maybe it's better that it's out there in the open i guess my personal nightmare like i think i don't want a wedding night it's better to be ambiguous like maybe the couple has maybe they have haven't but when they haven't that's where everyone's head goes like head meet gutter like everyone's thinking it when you like go off and your sparkler exit it's like they're gonna go do it I just can't imagine, like, you know, your great aunts being like, have fun tonight. You know, a little shoulder shimmy. It's, whew, it's right up there with, with Nana gifting you your favorite negligee and all of your mom's friends feeling the cups of bras at a lingerie shower and everybody going, ooh, when you're gifted the G-string that comes along with, like, a negligee that you don't even see that is there because it's literally just, like, one ribbon attached to another ribbon um you know if you want to hear my thoughts about lingerie showers i do believe i cover this toward the end of bath and body jerks i they they're not for me i wish i was one of those cute hyper feminine girly girls that's like would likes to blush and talk about you know sex in a way that i have to use cutesy nicknames for it like jiggy jiggy or i don't know sexy time (laughs) but i just don't I don't know. I Something about that, like, virginal blushing bride concept makes me so uncomfortable. And it did while I was getting married, too. And when people would, like, gather around me and be like, what are your colors? I was kind of like, what? what? <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, it's not for me. I guess it's funny because, like, I'm here talking about it because I'm kind of like, you know, do you need to draw attention to the virgin part? Like, let her live her life. I'd be a little bit embarrassed. Like, just have fun and, like, let it happen. And don't make such a spectacle. Don't put so much pressure around it. Because I think first experience are, uh, experiences are often awkward. And what I'm personally interested in, and I don't know who or where I could talk about this because it's a strange topic. I think that a lot of people who are raised in um, like religious value systems that are so hyper-focused on abstinence that... The entire messaging your whole life is sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is a sin, sex is a sin. You're so programmed to think you're doing something dirty and wrong that by the time you get around to doing it, even if you're married, it takes a long time to peel back that messaging. It's kind of like how you'll see like on TV, like jokes of guys that are, you know, grew up Catholic and like have to shower after sex. It's like that sort of thing of like you can, you know, your your frontal lobe cannot really care. And you're like, you get it, you're married, it's fine. Or, you know, you've made your decision, you want to have sex with who you want to have sex with. But somewhere in your subconscious lies th- th- this messaging that you're you're doing something sinful and wrong. And that is something that I don't think a, a complex human brain can flip off with a switch because of some paperwork in a wedding ceremony. Maybe it is different for some people. I'd be interested to know if somebody, you know, you don't have to email me, but maybe I'll come across somebody at some point that we'll, we'll talk about our, you know, H's and D's. Have a great time. And sorry, I can't say that in this context because D's doesn't work. I, abbreviation for hopes and dreams. And, um, you know, 
I'm interested to hear about somebody's experience. If if if, if in the if in your faith, there's such a uh, clear distinction of it's not okay when you're not married. It's so okay go to town when you are married. And if you're able to cross that bridge seamlessly. Or if it takes you a long time to not feel badly. And I, I, and I'm not talking about specific to their situation. I don't know what their deal is, but I just mean in general, that's one of my interesting cues as it relates to um, religion and abstinence and waiting for marriage is uh, kind of the psychological implications on how do you tell yourself something's all of a sudden not a sin when it's quite literally programmed into you. And I think part of my issue too, is that I will largely project onto other people of faith the experience I had like at, ch- at church camps where they like sat us around in a circle and talked to, to us about sexual immorality and not even taking into account some people might have been like assaulted, abused, things that might have happened that wouldn't be their fault. Yet they told us, you know, it w- it is your fault and you will go to hell. And, you know, when you, you don't even have like boobs yet and you're being told that it's kind of it's different. And I don't I didn't I don't know. I don't I, I know I talk about this so much, but I'm just like obsessed with it because I think that like. You know, it's there's nothing wrong with having that belief system, um, but I do think there's a wrong way to talk about it to young people. And for what is important to me and my soul in my value system personally is um, options is not uh, operating from a place of restriction, is not constantly uh, pressing down my desire to try something to ultimately, you know, resent it. And go go crazy later. And I think in my adult life, I just see a lot of um, what they were trying to do in terms of get us to abstain from any sort of sexual activities at this camp is like, it just felt, in retrospect, it feels like it, we were really manipulated uh, to behave a certain way using a set of scare tactics under the guise of religion, which is just supposed to really be about making us feel safe and loved and watched over. And I think when you're young, the important part is watched over. And I think that in some, you know, denominations, it's really used to incite fear and to put guidelines and restrictions around a person's life so they never experience anything bad, so they don't go farther down the the, the rabbit hole. And like, you know, I talked about with like sororities, is there anything wrong with trying to keep young people who don't know better in line, who probably won't want to be behaving that way, like in retrospect anyway. No, like I am grateful for, you know, I think that seed would have been planted with my parents anyway. Like I'm just not a very like at risk person. Um, but, you know, I wanted to make the right decisions to be a good person, good member of society, to make my parents proud, to graduate high school, to move on and pursue my career and my dreams and for a lot of perhaps earthly and spiritual reasons. And I guess I just never really saw the point of like th- just tossing in there like you're going to hell if you've ever done anything sexually immoral with a boy, like repent immediately, tell the group about it. Um, I just remember people like crying and feeling like so bad for things they did that like weren't, weren't really, like a really big deal. And I don't know. I just think there's there's I don't know. You know, Sorry, guys. I know I talk about this way too much. I just like. I feel like I'm in this phase of my life where uh, there's all these things that happened that I that just kind of exist. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was that time I did that. But I never critically thought through kind of like being in a sorority that all of a sudden now I want to like dig into. And I just never know if anybody else has a similar experience. Again, I went to like an extreme Southern Baptist church camp. And um, I, I honestly am rooting this in like a handful of memories 
with a counselor and like this girls circle talk we had. And I just cannot even believe how much it stuck with me. And it just goes to show how uh, the, the level of permanence a passing conversation with a person in a developmental era of their life can be. And, you know, you just hope that people are really genuinely doing whatever they want and part- actively participating in their own faith by their own choice. And if that's your choice, then awesome. I'm excited for you. Go live your life. Bang, bang into the room. But I think, you know, inevitably, when you really advertise it and it's public and it's something so out of the ordinary um, for the rest of us. Well, no, it's something so ordinary, things we literally have done a million times on these buses. But we're just, quite frankly, impressed by your your dance skills, your sobriety, your ability to have such wholesome fun. And the the time and date and daylight of it all is just like the perfect formula for a great social media experience. And I'm honestly appreciative that they're, they've shared it with us. I feel like I'm going to get blocked any day now. And again, I don't want to be a troll. I just really think these things, these people are celebrities. And it's interesting to talk about it just like I would talk about Haley Bieber's wedding and how genius it was for her to walk from one venue to the next with a tent so the paparazzi couldn't see her. And oh my God, I loved her dress. Um, also very funny on their official wedding t-shirts. They spelled the name of the town where they got married wrong. They pluralized it. It is just Palmetto Bluff. A lot of people thought the, um, like the big cathedral veil, it had the words till death do us part. Which I didn't love. It, the ensemble was kind of perfect without that. That was like this one element of edge. And, you know, I wouldn't want words on it, period. And also, I don't know if I'd pick the death one. Um, but a lot of people thought that was misspelled or making fun of it. But actually, T-I-L-L is an old-timey word that does work. That means, like, up until th- th- a certain point. And even though apostrophe T-I-L is an abbreviation for until, till is not actually the same word as until. It is a standalone word. And it is not wrong. It's actually kind of like Old English. It's kind of like how we're all like a bunch of Americans that say things like totes, but on our wedding invitations, we're like, Mr. and Mrs. Abernathy request the honor of your presence. And it's like spelled O-U-R as if we're in England when really like the ceremony's at the local brewery, the same one where the girl last week with the Facebook album, you know, took a tour and named her album Yeast Infection. (laughs) Anyways, I thought you guys would appreciate recapping The Bachelorette because, um, I feel like you guys are kind of on my same page. And by same page, I feel like you've lived a little, been to a bachelorette party or two, knocked back a few. And I'm not generalizing. I'm not assuming. I'm basing this solely off of the Facebook album names I got last week because, call me crazy, I don't think any of you with, you know, album names like Blackout, Make Out, Get Out, Hands on Your Knees, Hands on Your Knees, these three words when you're getting busy, before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. The quarter I raised my GPA and BAC. Time is never wasted when you're wasted all the time. Skanks with five Zs. And last but not least, our two wholesome members that so kindly submitted that were from the church both decided to name their albums about their mission trips missionary style. So if that says where all of our heads are at, <laughs> I think it's uh, safe to say this crew some, some wild oats were indeed sown. Anyways, moving on. I, 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 it's going to be a beautiful weekend. What I have to say does not matter. And I think that honestly, I'm impressed and a little envious of being so on, so not held back by social neuroses, by being able to just have such, you know, unadulterated fun without, you know, stripping away all the complexities that all the fiction you write in your head about the discomfort of social situations and your interactions as you get 
older. It just seemed like good old fashioned, like middle school levels, get out the camcorder, every remote and hairbrush is a microphone, like let's dance and giggle. And it was cute and it was girly and I really enjoyed watching it. And I thank them for letting us be a part of it. And granted, I think my envy is because I'm freshly off a bachelorette party, questionably have a head cold from it. I don't feel like I really drank that much, but every year of life, I'm like, I didn't drink that much. Why do I feel bad? I only had eight drinks. Like, that's kind of a lot of drinks. And when I was 27, that's a light pregame. But now it's like, yeah, I'm down and out. And what's funny is like, I, I'm pretty controlled. I don't like black out. I'm pretty aware of what's going on at all times. I'm like, I'm just not, not a woo girl. And, but I need woo girls in my life to keep me fun and live for them. And I loved Nashville. It was such a cool place. And I really want to go back. I was there for like 36 hours and just had like a domino effect of weird situations. I had like a very weird situation with my flight that ended up being very costly. Got in later than I thought on Friday. Um, And then Saturday, we were on that tractor. I get off to go to the bathroom at one point. I come out, the tractor's gone. I then chase after it, like running in a screen printed tee, wearing a hot pink fanny pack. And it'd be like one thing if it was like, you know, a, a chic Gucci fanny pack, like I'm sure the Scala sisters have. But no, it was a a, a transparent hot pink fanny pack that was a free gift with purchase. Not even with like a f- nice makeup line, like l- l- like a tart, like a like a Bobby Brown. Like, no, it was it was a free gift with purchase with $15 of NYX cosmetics, which you bet I spent on dewy finishing spray and a bunch of lip color that looks great in store but in person i think i can't pull this off and then never see it again i don't catch up with the tractor eventually i'm like it goes over a highway and over a bridge i'm like i'm not going to catch up with it what i was trying to do is is catch it and get on so like no it wasn't a scene nobody felt bad i didn't you know i i wasn't super close with everybody there and i just didn't want to i don't know i don't want to be that girl like it's so embarrassing it was so i really didn't mean to i was just the last person to go to the bathroom and um so, and also at this point, I was so hot that right before I went to the bathroom, I had somebody cut my t-shirt. We were all wearing the same t-shirt, but it was like 95 degrees and we were in like an open like thing without shade. So I just like cut a V-neck into this t-shirt and cut off the sleeves and it looks like a wrestling singlet. I don't know. It's just like, it's just like a rough sight. And um, so then I, like a stoop kid, just sit on my stoop and I'm like, what do I do? Do I just meet them at home? I don't want anybody to feel bad. There's so many people there. I wouldn't notice if I was gone either. Um, I'm like, then I think about the bride and if it were me, I'd be like so mad if I didn't contact them. Finally get a hold of somebody, try to go meet them. They end up coming back to, to pick me up, which I felt bad, like going off course if we're kind of touring and like, you know, it goes so slow. And anyways, they're, they're so nice to pick me up. It was, and I felt badly that I missed it. And then, then everything's fine. We get back on and we're, you know, drinking, party, dance some more. And then we go out to the bars for a bit. And then. We get in an Uber, and long story short, I put my um, phone in the cup holder when I was getting out of the Uber because it was I was in the third row, and we had to put the seat down. And I was like, you know, every car, it's stupidly different. It's like, do I pull some sort of ribbon loop? Is there, like, a lever I push to get it down, and the seat goes up? Whatever. The driver starts to get annoyed with me, like I'm going to break her seat, but I really wasn't doing anything. I was just kind of like, sorry, I'll get out. Like she was kind of rushing us. And I was like, I'll get out. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to like get over the seat. And and I get really flustered and she's being really rude. I hop out of the car. I get inside. I'm like, oh my God, my phone's in the cup holder. And uh, long story short, call her, tell her where I am. She's very rude. 
She says she'll get there eventually. She has more rides to do, even though they're elective. I offer, offer to basically let her extort me. I'm like, I'll pay you. I'll meet you. I just, I'm there for 36 hours. I don't want to be, make more of a spectacle. And I don't want to, you know, take away from the little time I have there. And everyone's like getting ready and going to dinner. Long story short, I have my laptop. I have find my iPhone on. I watch her take laps around Nashville with my phone in her car for three hours. And she doesn't pick up her phone after that. And and all I know is that she she knows my address and she said she'd get there eventually. But everyone's out to dinner and I have to stay. And when you're getting to two, three hours, I'm like, oh, my God, is she never coming? At one point, she goes into the Grand Ole Opry Hotel for 50 minutes, five zero. <clears throat> and it was just this thing. And it was stressful because the majority of the time I was like, I'm probably not getting this back, but I feel like I should wait anyway. And like, I'm just not a person that can buy, buy a new iPhone. Like, I'm just not. I'm not in that position. I wish I was. I think what's a little weird for me sometimes on these trips is like I probably have the more public job that a person might think you make more money doing when really I have the least steady income of anybody. And all I all I do is like work all the live long day and try to hustle to make anywhere close to what I used to with my salary job that I abruptly quit when I started my company. And now having put my company like on pause, I'm like, okay, if there are another way, like supplementally, how can I figure out income? Because I I want to largely pass off and have uh, the rug part run on its own. Because like running that business like just isn't my it's not my legacy it's not my passion it's a vehicle that enables me to work passionately when I make the custom rugs and do artwork and I still love doing a lot of aspects of it it's just like I don't want to have a rug empire and all the money I used to be making from the wholesale orders and the drop shipping and all that stuff isn't there because I actively decided not to do it which is you know, some people might see as a mistake, but for me was necessary for me to kind of move forward and try other things. And I know I think that's a good number one question is, are you still doing the maths? Is the shop ever going to go back up? And yes, but entrepreneurs kind of like start businesses, build them up, automate them and roll them off. And I really do want to roll off the rug part as much as I can and make it manageable to where I don't have to have employees. And I just think there's such a important distinction as business owners people have to make. evolving and moving on is different than giving up it's okay to make yourself obsolete it's okay to have other people run your business it's okay if the one thing you're known for and that you're passionate about is the thing that's kind of uh weighing you down from getting to pursue the other things that you want to and i think that when you're in a position where you're self-employed you're very uniquely positioned relative to others to do some experimenting and if you can give yourself space to be doing that and have other things going on on the side That way, when your eggs aren't all in one basket, your fate is not all in one thing. For example, if what had happened with Etsy in July with the algorithm changing had happened two years ago, I would have had a meltdown. I would have gone under. I would have destroyed my business model because me having to eat the shipping costs instead of the customer would have cut into my margin so badly, it would have been financially detrimental. Now I have supplemental income with other creative projects. So when Etsy kind of screwed everyone over and said to be prioritized in the algorithm, you have to get free shipping. I'm like, hello, my shipping's $12 to $15. I, I, I could afford to hit pause, rework it, and then revisit it later instead of panic and let myself bleed money because I didn't have any other option. Anyways, I know that's not what we're talking about, but I just try to let myself go when I'm talking because I know a lot of you guys are small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and I've just been thinking a lot about that lately. Like, entrepreneurs very willingly and by design actively are supposed to move off of businesses. And I think sometimes we get our identities too wrapped up in in one thing and need to be able to separate it and talk about it in a way that's like, I'm so proud of what I was able to build, automate, pass off to a degree and what can still run in the capacity where I, that I'm comfortable with, 
well, I can also pursue my next venture. And I think that it's far more rewarding to pursue other ventures that could have a much higher return than to just stay status quo with your existing venture, even if your heart's not fully in it, just because you're too afraid to step out of it. So just my two cents of uh, business chatter for today. But anyway, I really love Nashville. It was a bit out of character for me. I just felt like that girl. I was kind of embarrassed. I don't know what was going on. And I'm just jealous of the blazing self-respect of the Scal sisters to just choose to not partake in such things. Because I'm sure even though I didn't feel like I had been drinking that much, I'm sure I was drinking more than I certainly do normally. And was there's an extra element of carelessness of not, you know, remembering to get your phone. And there's kind of just like nothing worse than like just being genuinely frustrated and disappointed in yourself, you know. Anyways, three hours later, I did. She showed up, very smugly handed over my phone. She was such a jerk about it. Never picked up her phone once in those three hours. I'm so glad I waited. And, you know, the rest is history. And then we had tons of fun. I'm obsessed with how the bars all have live music. Tried to pull everybody I could aside when they were off their sets because every there's live music at every level of every bar and just beg people to play strawberry wine, but nobody seemed interested. I feel like, wouldn't you guys be jacked if somebody played strawberry wine at... If you were at a country bar late at night, I mean, my God, I'd even take danced anyway. I sung Goodbye Earl at the top of my lungs, and it was like two years of therapy for me. I think every gal needs to sing Goodbye Earl at the top of her lungs every couple of years because, honestly, Earl had to die. And it just is what it is. And it makes you thankful for your Marianne's and your Wanda's of the world. Uh, but, you know, some of these places were taking requests, which is a risky game. And I know I wanted strawberry wine. And, yeah, what I probably, you know, killed the crowd maybe. But I think there would be enough women in there that would— you know, really want to scream from the top of their lungs the story of a 17-year-old losing their virginity, you know, while slightly illegally drunk off of, of, of fruit wine on the banks of a river, river off a well-beaten path. Um, on that, that song contributes to my misleading ideals of both summer romances, and I think it misleads people about their, their first time. The fact that um, she still goes back to that place just to remember the taste of strawberry wine is like i'm pretty sure none of us want to go back to that place ever and pretty much try to pretend like it never happened but i'm happy for dina carter you know even that the fields have grown over now years since they've seen the plow which is an interesting word choice given the subject matter oh wait actually no because she says in the bridge is it really him or the loss of my innocence i've been missing so much oh god do you guys have goosebumps it sounds like Tina Carter's doing the exact same reflection we're all doing, and God love her. I have so many episodes now that I don't even remember when I've talked about this or how long it's been, but there's a lot of you who are new. If anybody, I know everybody's sitting there saying, Kate, well, what is your second favorite song about losing your virginity? Answer, White Houses, Vanessa Carlton. Crashed on the floor when I moved in. This little is a strange Oh my God, I love, I have a goosebumps now. I love that song. I don't love how she talks about blood in the bridge. That's tough. That's tough. Um, but it's honest. And I used to listen to that song cruising around the Bev cart when I was a beer cart girl. I'm a super sick knee length uh, board shorts and my olive unflattering polo that was trying to make me look the least womanly as possible to minimize liability for the golf course. I would just cruise right through those holes, ignoring every backswing in sight, listening to White Houses. And a song called Who Is To Say, another great Vanessa Carlton song that if I ever learn to play the piano is the second song I will learn after all too well because it is filled with meaning and wistful young love 
and a sincerity of emotion that I think is captured so rarely by pop music because it's vying to be commercial, whereas I think Vanessa Carlton actually wrote her music largely out of her own interest in art. And I'm not a huge fan of hers. I always felt she was a bit smug in interviews, but I really do think she had some some good tunes. And White House is in the context of losing your virginity. It becomes a tough listen, and it becomes a vulnerable listen, and I think it's an interesting um, artistic format for a woman to express this experience in. What was I talking about? Strawberry wine? Oh, yeah, being at bars in Nashville. I had really nothing to say other than just I wanted confirmation that it would be fun to hear strawberry wine at a bar, but maybe really wouldn't land. Uh, I, I don't know. I just that at late at night when you're drinking, I, I want to hear the classics. And now I don't mean Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton. No, God, no. I mean, I want to hear Boondocks by Little Big Town. <laughs> Like the, I, there's, I guess it's confusing because there's like these female jam songs that are so good to sing out loud to in a group, but like that might fall flat at a bar. It's really tough. It's tough to know. But like, I want to scream better, man, but haven't really found the forum in, in which to do so. Please advise if you find one. Boy, was that Lady Antebellum or Little Big Town that sings better, man, though? Crap. I never remember. I'm bad at this. I honestly kind of get those two groups uh, a smidge confused. Sorry for the, the mega fans out there. I actually like both of them. Uh, it's the Jason Aldeans of the world that I'm kind of like, I get confused by their songs and they all sound kind of similar to me. It's not that I don't like them. It's just that like, if I'm going to listen to country, it's going to be like 90s Garth and, and Tim McGraw minus Indian Outlaw because I am praying to God he is no longer singing that song. Um, I like Brooks and Dunn. I I, I, I like some uh, Alan Jackson. I really enjoy some some good old fashioned Phil Vassar. There's there's a lot of uh, great old country music I love, love, love. But I was just hearing a ton of modern country music. And while I'm happy for Luke Bryan's career and my sister is absolutely dying right now because she's obsessed with him, I just, I don't know. I, I like, I talk about country music way too much. I, but I, I, there's a sincerity to older country music in people that I actually think lived a more country lifestyle. And now it's just become this pandering caricature. And like, Keith Urban, I, I love you, and I love somebody like you, and I'm so grateful for that song. Um, but also, your song, John Cougar, John Deere, and John 316, like, you're from Australia. You're a multimillionaire. You're married to freaking Nicole Kidman. Do you, do, I, do you think that's remotely believable to your lifestyle? Like, no, you have a staff that drives John Deere's. I know the closest I get to John Cougar is watching Real Houses of Beverly Hills when I get to see his daughter, Teddy Mellencamp. And I do like a Jack and Diane. I am not opposed. I just think that that's like one of those song titles that I'm like, I can't, I'm out. Um, but anyway, moving on. So the other thing that I was going to kind of break down a little bit that happened this week that I wouldn't normally be that interested in, but I think it's like kind of brilliant what she did. Okay, so there's two people, Colleen Rudy. Sorry, <laughs> this is going well. Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy. They are both what one would call a wag, which, as we know from the E! show, means wives and girlfriends. Though I argue in America maybe has a different panache. Um, it's used in the UK to refer to wives and girlfriends of high-profile athletes, and apparently particularly uh, soccer players, and particularly in Britain, according to the New York Times. The phrase first hit the headlines in 2006 during the Soccer World Cup in Germany, where a group of British wags, all frosted hair extensions, vaguely orange limbs, and barely their outfits put on a slideshow of champagne-fueled shopping trips and partying exploits in the historic town of something. 
Sounds like a good time, if I'm honest. Sounds, I mean, the, the Real Housewives, like, not reinventing the wheel here. <laughs> um, their leader was Victoria Beckham, or Posh Spice, as she was known with a loyal clique of lieutenants made up of pop stars, beauticians, fitness instructors, and a fresh-faced 20-year-old called Colleen McLaughlin, the teenage sweetheart of a star player, Wayne Rooney. Rain Rooney. Okay, so Colleen Rooney has become famous for years as the wife of soccer player Wayne Rooney. She's the mother of four children. Um, she has a lucrative side hustle as a media personality and influencer. She does TV appearances. She has merch. She does endorsements. Uh, Wayne Rooney played for Manchester United and their England's national soccer team, which made him, uh, according to Slate, the equivalent of like an NFL or NBA star in America. Okay, so we have Colleen. Then we have Rebecca Vardy. She is Colleen Rooney's rival wag in this current drama. But before like today, we thought they were friends. She's the wife of Jamie Vardy, who plays in the Premier League and was Wayne Rooney's teammate on England's national soccer team. So if I'm being honest, what caught my eye is the brilliant wordplay, because due to the scandal, um, Colleen Rooney is being called Wagatha Christie. And I was like, oh, I like that. That kind of reminds me of my idea. Like, I really I just really want to like I like to merge puns, but no, rather, I don't want to execute any of these in my head. I like to imagine if someone assembles a very specific pun as a Halloween costume, how poorly it would land. And that makes me laugh. For example, somebody goes to a party. They are dressed as a pumpkin. They also have a clown nose and a, a, a lab coat. They say they're pumpkin patch Adams. Nobody laughs. It's awful. But to the person, for some reason, they decided to do those two things. And that's funny to me. You know me. I love niche drama. I love a, I love a hardcore pursuit of something that even if nobody else understands it. I don't know, guys, but your friends be Earth and Wind and you be Fire Festival. There's a lot of ways we can get creative here. And I am assuming the honestly, every single white dude is just going to be like Andy King with a bunch of like water bottles in like a sign that's like, don't blow this. Um, but anyway, back to uh, Wagatha Christie. So what did she do? She's being celebrated. I'm basing this off of a Slate article. Uh, it's called... Wagatha Christie, if you want to look it up, I want to make sure to cite my sources. She's being celebrated for an act of cunning where she used Instagram stories to expose Rebecca Vardy as the source of rumors about her published in one of the UK's most notorious tabloids. The same one, Prince Harry, one of them, the ones that Prince Harry is currently su- suing, which is the son. So this is this is genius. And I've, I've heard before, like Prince William used to like tell friends you know, randomly false stories. And like, depending on what leaked, he knew who he couldn't trust. I don't know if that was a rumor, but this is an example of that in practice. So Colleen Rooney posts today on Twitter, a screenshot of a note that says, this has been a burden in my life for a few years now. And finally, I've got to the bottom of it. It says for a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has been consistently informing the Sun newspaper of my private posts and stories. There's been so much information given to them about me, my friends, and my family, all without my permission or knowledge. After a long time of trying to figure out who it could be for various reasons, I had a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea. I blocked everyone from viewing my Instagram stories except one account. And this is a private Insta, not our public one. So those on my private Instagram account must have been wondering why I haven't had stories on there for a while. Over the past five months... I have posted a series of false stories to see if they made their way into the Sun newspaper. And you know what they did. The story about gender selection in Mexico, the story about returning to TV, and the latest story about the basement flooding in my new house. 
It's been tough keeping it to myself and not making any comment at all, especially when the stories have been leaked. However, I had to. Now I know for certain which account individual it's come from. It's saved and screenshotted all the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's like, and then 20 dots, mega ellipses, Rebecca Vardy's account. Oh, shit. Speaking of, oh my God, screw soccer. I'll get in the stadium and watch this go down. So it's pretty brilliant to block everyone on your story but one. Um, and, okay, so it's, it's pretty funny. But why are people obsessed with this? As Slate says, you know, we're all messy bitches who live for drama. Um, but it's, I think these two women, like, as far as we knew, they were close enough friends to sit next to each other, according to the New York Times. They were close enough friends to sit next to each other at the occasional soccer game beyond one another's private Instagram follower list. So they were friendly. But, like, that must be maddening to have, like, a network of people. They all are kind of frenemies. They might love you. They might hate you. Everyone's competitive. Everyone's hot. Everyone's, like, trying to, like, do their side hustling thing. And to not know who's leaking it would be so frustrating. And I, I, I don't know. It's that I just think it's pretty smart. And it's kind of interesting. And um, the the uh, <laughs> this article says, it's the long ellipses between... It's and Rebecca Vardy's account, the most dramatic 10 dots in the history of England. And this person said, yes, yes, it is. The Magna Carta could never. And I mean, God, God love you. Then then the stories, I guess she leaked was one that um, uh, Colleen Rooney and her husband spent 10 grand on a gender selection treatment that would ensure their fifth child would be a girl. Another that Colleen was planning her own TV show and one that uh, Colleen's $25 million home had flooded. So... Rebecca Vardy did respond. She posted a note denying that she was the son's source and claiming that other people must have logged into her account and leaked the stories. Honestly, Rebecca, nobody logged into your account and leaked the stories, just like Northwest does not post sexy photos of Kim Kardashian. Kim's always like, I tripped and fell and look at my boobs. It's like, no. <laughs> like, let's just admit that we post hot photos of ourselves. It's fine. Um, the note also mentioned for some reason that Vardy is currently heavily pregnant. A BBC show called Victoria Live posted on Wednesday that Vardy is sticking to her, this story. She instructed her lawyers to investigate who had access to her Instagram account and when. Um, so the official thing she said is, as I have said to you on the phone, I wish you would call me if you thought this. I never speak to anyone about you as various journalists who have asked me to over the years can vouch for. If you thought this was happening, you could have told me and I could have changed my passwords to see if it stopped. Over the years, various people have had access to my Insta, and just this week I found I was following people I didn't know, and I have never followed myself. I'm not being funny. I don't need the money. What would I gain from selling stories on you? I liked you a lot, Colleen, and I'm so upset that you've chosen to do this, especially when I'm heavily pregnant. I'm disgusted that I'm even having to deny this. You should have called me for the first time, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, it's interesting, because, like, anytime somebody denies something that seems, like, too difficult, it just seems like, okay, well, it's probably you you're kind of dismissing it, but then think about it not really being her. And the, the, the other thing that could happen is she sees stuff, the wags all talk, you know, these are the, you know, if there were more than just these three stories, these three, she somehow brought up to other people and they leaked him. Who knows? I mean, honestly, it's, it's every single season of the real house of Beverly Hills. It's like Lisa Vanderpump leaks stuff, but she doesn't, she keeps her hands clean. She does it through her little minions and uh, even though everybody knows it's her, she can deny it to the grave because she didn't literally do it. It's, there's a lot of puppeteering that goes down in these worlds. I don't know if they're directly competitive. I don't know why she would do that or have incentive to do that, especially if you don't need the money. Like, if you're fine and you're wealthy, I don't get the selling story stuff. Like, it's just so 
which seems mean and unnecessary. But anyways, I guess we'll see what happens. It's all very exciting. And then the New York Times did a great article where they spoke to somebody who was British and like explained the context because we're kind of new to these characters. And um, the question was, where do Colleen and Rebecca fall in WAG hierarchy? And the person said, Colleen has grown in celebrity status over the years to each peak, peak WAG royalty. <clears throat> Between putting up with her husband Wayne's repeated indiscretions, which have been widely reported, and being a hands-on mom to four boys, Ms. Rooney has also released a fitness DVD, been a style advisor, and even had a magazine column. At times, she was an idol for many young women who dreamed of marrying a footballer. Oh, don't you remember being a little girl and just dreaming of marrying somebody wealthy and never having to work again? God willing, you put out a fitness DVD. <laughs> Children really are the future. Um, more recently, however, she has been living a lower-key existence in the suburbs of D.C. after her husband signed a contract to play for D.C. United. Oh, they're in the U.S. Fun. Ms. Vardy is more a more recent addition to the fold. Married to player Jamie Vardy, who she, whom she met in 2014 while working as a nightclub promoter. Classic and who she married two years later, she came to fame at a time when there was greater recognition of the sexism of the WAG label, both in defining women near exclusively on their appearance and also their partners and husband. WAG is a dated term because it were not defined by what our husbands do, we're individuals. Ms. Vardy declared ahead of the Soccer World Cup last year. As a mother of five, she's, dang, she got to work. Um, she's appeared on cult British TV shows like Celebrity Gogglebox and I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and every front page and home screen in Britain since Ms. Rooney's allegations surfaced Wednesday. Were they known friends or enemies before this incident? Certainly not known enemies. Close enough friends to sit next to each other. Soccer games on occasion. Um, and what has been the initial public reaction to the story in England? This person said, at a time when Britain is teetering on the brink of a Brexit-induced crisis and with Boris Johnson supposedly leading from the helm, this war of the wags is the story everyone needs. The internet has been breaking here since news of the spat first surfaced. It appears people can't or won't think of anything else. Ms. Rooney is being heralded as the new national heroine. Um, I mean, I guess I feel like this stuff happens in the States, too. Like, we'll just get obsessed with something for a hot minute and then forget about it. But honestly, sometimes it's the drama that brings us together. And then you never want it to be at somebody else's expense. Like, God, I would never want that for myself. Um, you know, at least when it's like happening with really wealthy people, you know, that are doing something wrong. At least they're getting called out and at least they're going to be fine anyway. I don't know. I don't really want to justify it, but it seems like girlfriends got caught. You know, speaking of getting caught, there's another Internet sensation happening this week that I am struggling to understand. It is about a man named Clayton who was at a Chili's with a woman named Lacey in Lindale, Texas. Hold that thought. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. I, I am so grateful to the to sponsors that are supporting this hard-hitting journalism of me just telling you about all the niche internet drama that you need to know to move forward with your week. So a couple weeks ago, I told you about how I wrote in my book, Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, um, I had a character in there who was selling mattresses because back when I was feeling very inferior to all those around me in the self-employed, self-promotion world, I was like, dang, how do all these people get these ma like mattress deals, these mattress promos? And I wasn't actually actively pursuing a mattress, um, but there's a company called Helix Sleep that does a quiz. And, and, I, and I, what can I say? I love a proprietary algorithm. I love, I love a curation, a personalization. I love when people are focusing on mass customization, which can really kind of be an oxymoron. But when done well, when middlemen are cut out, it really can get us much better products. And 
historically we can at storefronts and helix sleep is awesome it's a mattress i'm using now and unfortunately we have a third person in our bed who is so comfortable and loves the mattress and therefore i am unable to sleep and that person is tugboat sometimes it's on my head sometimes he sleeps between my legs sometimes it is not parallel between greg and i but straight up perpendicular super romantic and um, <laughs> it's just funny like he really hadn't been sleeping there as much anymore and literally and i'm not making this up for shtick like the day we got this bed not only when we took it out of, it came in like a tiny box and like it popped out and we were like oh my gosh an entire king bed and it's it's thick it's substantial we took it out and we like rested it on the floor and until we moved out our other mattress and the dog literally sat on it and played on it it was wrapped so um for days and it's just so funny he loves it um but anyways i guess that's not a great proxy for a human but i'm really comfortable too and if it weren't for my my fear of kicking him at night i'd probably be sleeping a little bit better but it's nothing to do with the mattress um but anyways i wanted to tell you guys about it one more time because i really i love it i think it's a great product i think it's a high quality product it's not like a cheap you know, one size fits all like mattress company trying to make a buck. It's like actually working towards supporting your your back and your sleep position and your preferred level of softness and firmness. And it, I mean, it was awarded like you can listen to me and think I'm blowing smoke, but it was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by GQ and Wired, which is awesome. There's a ton of mattress companies. So go to helixsleep.com slash be there in five, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with a customized mattress. And uh, you or your dog will get the best sleep of your life. Um, but you can try it out for 100 nights. And they'll pick it up free if you don't love it. And they actually will, which is awesome. I know I always worry about huge purchases like that. I'm like, really, are you going to pick it up? But they really will. That's the entire point is of taking the quiz of, of, of developing this process is to make as little room for error as possible and the customer's satisfaction but to provide all the resources you need should it not work out, which is what a great company does. So just a reminder, go to helixsleep.com. That's H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash be there in five, spelled F-I-V-E, uh, for up to $125 off all mattress orders. Helixsleep.com slash be there in five. His name is Clayton Cruz. And there are Facebook groups about this scandal with over 30,000 members. And this happened yesterday. I mean... Viral is no joke. Like it, it can take you five years to get 40,000 Instagram followers, or it can take you four hours to get 500,000. It's kind of nuts what takes off like wildfire. And though nobody wants a scandal, and contrary to what I said about the WAGs who have money means resources and will probably land on their feet, like, you know, these people certainly don't. Um, it's, it's an interesting case. Let me see if I can kind of explain it. I don't know if you guys have seen this on the internet, but there's a post by a woman named um, Ebony Freeman. And last night at 5.30 p.m., this is Tuesday at 5.30, and this blew up like by 8.30. It says, if you're in Texas and this is your man, he's out at the Chili's right now with this girl. You just called him and he lied and said he was on a job in Dallas and he's at the Chili's in Lindale, Texas right now. And she just said she ain't afraid to fight anybody. They just left out separate doors and got in the same truck. It was a silver Ford 250 or 350. And it's a photo that you can see both of their faces straight on. And this girl like decided to take to Facebook and call this guy out. Um, there's 21,000 comments. It's, 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 it, Facebook is a nightmare. All I want is it, they need to Reddit style, let you rank comments by timestamp, you know, by, by newest, by top. 
artist, controversial, like all that stuff. Like, I just want to be able to get to the top without pressing load more comments into the oblivion. Um, because like I'm in this one offshoot of like a it's like a toaster uh Facebook group and it's like an investigative one where people like figure stuff out literally in 20 minutes and it is mind blowing. Honestly, I feel safe being a part of it. Like if if something happens to me or a loved one, not not only will will they track them down, I'll have full access to all their social medias. I'll probably have like access to their, you know, employment history, uh, uh, chronology of back photos of all of their exes and like access to each one of their security questions about like their mother's maiden name and favorite pizza topping. Truly, it's fascinating. It's it's incredible. Somebody could have a podcast just going over those stories anonymously, truly. I, I never have because I don't want to jeopardize my membership. I actually very much uh, uh, respect the sanctity of a podcast Facebook group, especially because it's not my podcast. Um, but I think that it's so, it's what I love is when, like, like the internet is such a dark place so, so often. And I've had to step off of it because I've, you know, gotten nervous and I, I, I want people to listen to this podcast and I know that, you know, there means people will talk about the podcast, but it, it cuts me so deeply. I have to just avoid it altogether. So I'm online less and like, you know, I, I get a bad taste in my mouth at times about the internet. And, um, but then moments like this happen when everybody's working together to call a man out, to catch a cheater and a liar, to, to, to make sure that somebody isn't you know, marrying somebody or with somebody under false pretenses? Like, is it everyone's business? No. But like, I am I do not hate a, a public call out now and again. Every jerk that one of my friends goes on a date with that says horrible things to them, all I want to do is blast them and I don't because I'm worried for our safety, which is the sad part. I don't want other girls like dating assholes. It's very, it's a confusing time we're living in. So Obviously, the, like niche drama can't go down and I can't not be a part of it. So I joined some Facebook group, even though I have no clue what this scandal is. And thank God uh, there's some summary points that I can give you the cliffs notes of. And I'm sorry if you don't follow, but like when I tell you this has become a sensation, it's a sensation. And when I tell you, you're never going to be able to load all the comments to get caught up. Trust me, I tried. Um, okay, so Clayton was at a Chili's with a girl named Lacey in Texas. Clayton gets a phone call and whoever was on the other line he lied to the person on the line and this person, Ebony, overheard his conversation and also saw that he was there with a woman and, you know, kind of put two and two together and was like, oh, he just lied to the person on the phone like he, he's creeping. So she puts up a picture and writes a caption saying, well, what I had um, said earlier Basically, if you're in Texas and this is your man, he's out at Chili's right now with this girl. You just called him and he said he was at a job in Dallas, but he's at the Chili's in Lindale, Texas. And she said she ain't afraid to fight anybody and they left together. <laughs> um, okay, so this post goes viral. Pretty quickly, since both their faces were in it, both Clayton and Lacey were identified. They were tagged and they get in the mix. So then they start to come and get involved. And they... <laughs> Okay, so Lacey decides the best thing to do, the way to get, the way she should go, is to say that Clayton is her stepbrother. Clayton separately decides his best route is to claim that she is his adopted sister. But then it turns out there are Clayton has children with four women. All four baby mamas are apparently commenting on this chain, and two out of four of the baby mamas confirm that it is a lie that she is not his stepsister nor his adopted sister so clayton he has four kids from four different women but he only claims one of the children 
that child is being raised by his mother. He owes over 30K in back child support that people know of and is a full-on deadbeat father. And I'm reading from this description that this kind person made, and I don't know who it is. And if they're ever listening, I'm sorry, and God bless. Um, one of the exes is an ex-wife. He was married to one of out of the four. And one out of the four who gets on this comment thread um, says Lacey was a family friend and that Clayton and her have been banging throughout the duration of the past three relationships he's been in. Okay, Lacey is actually married to a man named Javier. Lacey, for some reason, decides to put her phone number in the comments. And after getting calls, she gives out Clayton's phone number. She since deleted her Facebook account. Clayton didn't. Her husband's uh, account went from public to private. And we're also pretty sure that Lacey's husband is in jail, but I'm not totally clear on that. And there's really no word from Clayton whatsoever. But apparently he's a major, major scammer. And the comments start to get riddled with people that have had experiences with this guy. And he's a, a, a liar and a manipulator and a cheat. And he scammed people out of money from jobs. Um, a guy named Zeke commented that he, uh, his brother, is married to Clayton's girlfriend's sister. And Zeke's brother is going to tell his wife to tell her sister what's going on. Um, so, so Zeke's brother is married to Clayton's actual girlfriend, like the one he's allegedly committed to that has no idea this entire internet scandal's going down. Zeke's brother is married to Clayton's girlfriend's sister. Um, this is so strange. Uh, sorry, this is, you're probably not following. Um, and so we're all honestly like waiting with bated breath for this woman to find out. And um, we want her to find out like Clayton's a cheater and that he's being blasted on the Internet. And last we heard is that Clayton, who's not home and like tried to finesse it over the phone thus far with the people he knows, um, told the girlfriend that it's a complete lie and she believes him. And she doesn't really know all this is going down on the Internet. And so Zeke, I don't know, I guess like he was scammed out of money by Clayton. So he doesn't really care about Clayton or his girlfriend, Melissa, but he's also trying to, like, alert her to what's going on. And people are, like, coming out of the woodwork having weird experiences with this dude. And then the ex-wife is going to go live at noon, I think today, but I missed it, and I actually don't know what's going on. Um, and also, like, Ebony, the original poster, she's been going live. She started a YouTube channel. I mean, this is a whole thing, and there's so many characters involved, and people are, like, drawing diagrams. It's it's really fascinating. The, if, if you're interested in joining the group I'm in, it is uh, called You Done Screwed Up Clay Clayton. And um, it is a real who's who of really enraged people that are wishing this would happen to their baby daddy. And there's also a major effort going out to expose the hose, um, which is like a whistleblowing initiative to share the homewreckers and side chicks. Um, and... You know, it's it's an interesting mix of people. That's a departure from our Facebook group because I think it's a bunch of people that haven't ever been in a Facebook group before and they're really overposting. I'm not mad. I just can't keep up. There's a lot of different groups about this too um, and a lot of memes about Chili's. I honestly think like people, it, it got so popular because I think people thought it was funny that they were at a Chili's. But then also when it, you realize he's impregnated like everybody in town and it's rampantly cheats on people and has a living girlfriend and like so many baby mamas. And then there's like this weird entanglement. And then Lacey's also married, but like he's maybe her husband's like maybe in jail. Um, and then like somebody found the records, but then Facebook took him down. 
um, and, and people are marking themselves safe, like on Facebook, as if there's a national tragedy, they're marking themselves safe from like getting pregnant by Clayton. Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, apparently Lacey works at FedEx. Honestly, if anyone's getting incredible PR out of this, it's FedEx and Chili's. And people are making t-shirts that are like FedEx logos, but then it says, crosses out the X, it says fed up with your Chili's cheating lies. And it's a, the photo of them too that Ebony posted. And it says when the package is so good that it doesn't matter, she's your adopted sister. Like what? <laughs> But I think the thing is, is that there was a lag time. And when, you know, this scandal happens, people get interested. Then the people that are in the photo get involved and then have two different stories. But both involve them roughly being relatives. <laughs> oh, God. It's so good. Also, FedEx is better than fed up. Because, like, you know, if you have an ex and she's hungry, you take her to Chili's. And you then you fed your ex. And not only have you fed your ex, but you fed her lies and... Uh, some might say you fed her some baby back fibs. <laughs> I'm Samantha. I hate myself. I gotta go. It's really late. It's 1 a.m. Um, I I'm, I figure, you know, we'll do an hour. Quick, clean episode. I'll explain three internet scandals this week. I You listened to three and a half hours of me last week. Next week, we'll have an Under the Influencer episode. And um, I'll probably put out a Kate Lila bonus episode. I had said on Instagram, um, if you... If you are work with like a nonprofit or a social cause that you want to bring awareness to, or even like, you know how in the Jaclyn Hill episode, I was like, hey guys, FYI, did you guys know like gum is, it's so, it can be so toxic to dogs Like kill a very small amount can kill a dog. And xylitol's this like artificial sweetener that um, yields, like can cause hypoglycemia and it can go into like instantaneous liver failure. And I just feel like when you put your gum in a wrapper or you put it in a receipt in your purse or like. You know, you just don't think of it like, oh, like silly dog got gum. Really, really, really be careful and mindful of where you put gum. And if your dog chews it, call the vet, call poison control. It, 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 poison control, you can pay $60 and they you tell them the exact type of gum and they can tell you how at risk they are. Like it matters if they swallowed it. It matters if they chewed and spit it out. Um, save the piece of gum so you can see how much they ate. Like truly, it's so, so serious and so, so dire. And I would have never forgiven myself if something had happened to Tugboat because of a stupid piece of Orbit gum. So anyways, what I mean is like stuff like that that you think are like good PSAs that maybe not everybody knows. And I, I don't know why I missed that. Um, but I was like, I can't believe more people don't talk about how dangerous this is. Uh, you hear like chocolate in dogs, but chocolate's actually now nowhere close to what xylitol does. And you just never know where that product is hiding. But anyway, instead of monetizing the Kate Lila episodes, at least for now, um, since they're supposed to be like more from the heart, at no charge i just want to use like the ad space to like either talk about a philanthropy a social cause or a nonprofit that you think is good to share doesn't need to be unique or different necessarily just something close to your heart write podcast to be there in five.com i'm gonna pick one or two for each episode to just tell you what it is tell you about it direct you to the website and yeah please know like gofundmes or private fundraisers i'd rather keep it with like proper organizations that people can get involved with in a more meaningful way not that donating money isn't meaningful but you know i i think that there's kind of a, a fine line i'd rather keep it to you know things that are that are more helpful and especially because we talk a lot about how to make friends and i think that a great way to do that is to join a community with a common cause to volunteer all that good stuff so 
Yeah, you can always call the hotline too uh, before next week's Kate Lila. If you have a question, 312-379-9676. I promise it's not weird. I love it so much. I like to get a diverse array of questions and I get a lot of the same questions. So I'm like, oh, I have all these calls, but I can't really use them all. So I'm always looking for more calls, more, whether it's advice, random question, whether it's something you want to know about me, um, something you want to know about pop culture. I don't care. Just try to keep it under three minutes. If you mess up, just call back. I won't make fun of you. I'll just use the good message. And um, I'm so grateful to all of you that have called in before and have entrusted me with your uh, life scenarios. And thanks to everybody that shared and cared about the sorority episodes. Um, those took a long time to record. And I was, you know, you just never know if people are going to care how they're going to land. But I had a blast walking down memory lane, like with myself. And it meant a lot to me to see you guys tagging it in stories that you were connecting with your old sorority sisters that it reminded you of things you had forgotten after you know, over the years. And um, I think that even though we made fun of a lot of it, I hope it was grounded in the connectivity that we once had within them, that almost the separation from that makes you trivialize it so greatly. But when you're brought back to the friends and the experiences that, you know, that, that those four years yielded, it means more to you again, suddenly. And I, I'm excited that if anything, it kind of tightened people back with their groups and their organizations. And Again, I don't really have an official stance on sororities whatsoever, and that's not what it was about. It was to reminisce, but it was just really fun to like connect with you guys about that. I really, it's exciting to me when you really like an episode. Uh, and you know, I think I've struggled, especially with the Mormon Mommy Blogger series. Like that's definitely like been one of the most popular things. And it, it for me, it's like it's it's cattier than I usually want to skew. It's like I don't really like to target people. It's just not really my thing. I really am not a mean person and I'm not a troll. But it's like I also want to be authentic and I like can't pretend I'm Pollyanna and I don't have opinions about these things because I'm first and foremost a consumer and a follower. And I want to represent you guys and not the people on the other side that are having to present this overly professional, highly produced and careful version of the thing I want to be talking about. It's always a thing. I'm always learning. But anyway, guys, also, I know that the official church name is the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints as we went over but so many of my followers that are part of the church still call it the mormon church there's the book of mormon which is a bajillion times more offensive than anything i could ever do yet i'm still somehow getting uh heat for these episodes and i don't know i was just trying to be nicer like there's podcast series about mormons that are really harsh i i, I feel like i've been pretty cool but I, I don't know. I guess that's not, I'm, it's, I am not here to tell you how to feel about something I said or did. That's what I keep having to remind myself. Anywho, uh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, rate us five stars, subscribe, join the Facebook group, be there in five totally casual, breezy Facebook group. I let people in in waves. So if you haven't been let in yet, don't worry. Uh, uh, well, either your answers weren't very specific or, um, I haven't been, I haven't gotten to you yet. But I'm so appreciative of anybody that wants to be more involved and more engaged. That's awesome. And yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to go to helixsleep.com. Take your quiz. Get the best bed of your life. I am so tired. I cannot wait to climb into that bed and see, see, see what it suggests for you. And uh, give it a shot and get some money off while you're at it. $125 off. 125 big ones of all mattress orders. At helixsleep.com slash be there in five, F-I-V-E, H-L-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash be there in five for $125 off. And uh, yeah, a couple of you said you were, um, had asked me questions about mine and you were looking into it. So please let me know what you think. I just, it's so weird to buy, not weird, but like 
you know, I've never bought a mattress that I haven't felt before, but it actually is pretty effective the way they do the quiz. So anyways, I'm past my ad time. I'm just genuinely curious how it works for you guys because we are quite comfortable. So is Tugboat who sleeps between my legs against my will and I can't move at night. Follow me on Instagram at be there in five. I will let you know when the shop is back up and running. It's been a long road. Patreon.com slash be there in five for bonus episodes that I swear to God I'm working on. And uh, I'll probably put up the preview of my lover episode. That's like unedited, unfinished, like a raw cut that I'll chop up and pare down because it's very hard to breezily get through 18 songs. Well, I'm not reviewing the singles and some of them I'm like eh, about. But um, anyway, so look out for that. And yeah, love you so much. As always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Crashed on the floor when I moved in. This little bungalow with some strange new friends. Stay up too late and I'm too thin. We 